broadcasting you live from the Badlands of Texas, 360 degrees all the way around the earth, from Southern Australia all the way to Northern Ireland and into those earbuds in your ears. The name of the today's show, I swear, should be play a dumbass game, win a dumbass prize. You are listening or you are watching Midnight Radio. I am your host, Gerald Schmimmins. How's everybody doing tonight? Tonight, why do I say tonight? It's never tonight. It's never in the morning in magical video land. It is always now. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Because now, whether you believe it or not, is the best time of your life. You've got it made. Did you know that? You've got it made. If you're able to listen to the sound of my voice or see my face, you've got it made. Things could be a lot worse for you if you're not able to see or hear me. Things could be a lot better too, granted. Good morning, butterfly. Always the first. You must wake up very early in the morning. Very early. To be this chipper in the morning. To be this chipper. All right, let me tell you what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about all the topics you bring up, too, also. Because a phone line is open. Actually, it is not open. I'm a liar. I'm a damn liar. I'd like to thank our executive producers, but we have none, unfortunately. If you'd like to be an executive producer for the show, if you see value for us doing it in the morning, and a lot of you guys did, if you see value, we need producers to help us. Um, whether it's a sticker in the chat room or whether it's a uh, super thanks, we appreciate it. All the money goes to the radio licensing because we keep this going. Paula Lamore, good morning to you. All right, let me go ahead and open up that phone line. Because I do want to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. This show's a conversation with you. I do it different than other shows. On this show, we talk about wild-ass speculations. That's called the WAS. Wild-ass theories, that's W-A-T. And we let everybody know that's what it is. Because you know what? We have the right to talk about things. I'm not saying go around and um, do a perimeter around somebody's house, carry a sign or anything. But if you do dumbass things, you get dumbass prizes. All right, let's see. One of the prizes being talked about on the internet. All right, let me go ahead and open up that phone line for you. For those of you that are noticing my voice, when I wake up early in the morning, my voice is a little bit deeper. I actually have to... to kind of squeeze my throat a little bit so it's a little bit higher so i'm not like hello everybody today we're going to talk about some dumb things people did nobody's ready for that deep this early in the morning midnight yes maybe i should pre-record at 5 a.m for 12 midnight it's always 12 somewhere in uh ireland right now it's 12 p.m 12 37 p.m all right Open up the phone line. See if I got any voice messages. Whenever we're not live, you guys can always leave voicemail messages, and I will play those live on the show, and we'll go over them. 
You can also send me text messages. The phone number is 325-261-0892. Hello, Debbie Joe. Concise, informative, and entertaining. Thank you very much, Debbie Joe. Appreciate that. And those are the same thoughts that came through my mind when I went over the things that we're going to go over this morning. Man, there's a lot of crazy stuff. Crazy stuff going around. Your neighbor's crazy. Did you know that? You suspected it. You suspected it because, man, you went out because your husband didn't carry out that trash late one night. And you were thinking about what he didn't do, how he didn't do what he was supposed to do. You went out there and you carried out that trash and you saw some weird shit in your neighbor's backyard. And you didn't take the time to think about it till now. I'm telling you, that man's crazy. That family over there, I'm going to show you what they did today. I swear there's some weird stuff going on. They don't talk about it. You don't hear it in the news. And I'm all this, there's a story we're going to go over today. Let me just. My mind is is reeling because of the things that are going on that are hid from you, and when it's convenient for them, they release it. We're talking about judicial reviews, judges doing bad things, lawyers doing bad things on major cases, and they don't get reprimanded until after they retire from, I don't know, something that they were involved in nationally. We're going to talk about that today. Remember Chandra Levy? Oh, there's more to the story coming out this morning. You're not going to hear anywhere else. Why? Because it involves a lawyer being in hot water. All to protect a senator. All right. We got stuff. All right, let's go ahead here. But the first thing I believe I want to talk about is the Gildo Beach murders. So he was in in court yesterday now it's my understanding that this was just to set his court date that's all it was for his next court appearance his next court that's all it was about there's a lot of people saying a lot of different things and um somebody showed me a creepy picture of him uh they said was from the court he looked like the lion from the wizard of oz Let's go over this. Headlines across the nation tonight. Suspected serial killer Rex Huerman made a court appearance in Suffolk County, New York this afternoon. The string of killings known as the Gilgo Beach murders was a cold case for years until the architect was arrested last month and charged with murdering three women. Michael George has the story now from New York. A handcuffed Rex Hewerman was in court as prosecutors turned over evidence collected for 13 years for the... I am the king of the forest. A suspected serial killer's defense attorneys to go through. It is a massive amount of material, and don't forget it's continuing uh, because the investigation is continuing. The architect was arrested last month, charged with the murders of three women, and is a prime suspect in a fourth, whose bodies were found more than a decade ago along a desolate stretch of New York shoreline called Gilgo Beach. Lawyers for Hewerman said their client maintains his innocence. What has my client told me? He told me he didn't do this. 
Investigators spent more than a week searching the... Uh, uh, I didn't do it. Can't put it on me. ...suspected serial killer's Long Island home. Prosecutors say they discovered, among other things, a walk-in vault in the basement filled with hundreds of weapons. A lawyer for Hewerman's estranged wife provided CBS News New York with photos of what the home looked like and, following the search. Hewer- and I'm going to show you coming up. Hewerman has been held without bail and on suicide watch since his arraignment July 14th, where he pleaded not guilty. Michael George, CBS News, New York. Investigators are also looking into whether Hewerman is connected to murders out in Vegas and South Carolina, where he also owns some properties. All right, going back to the chat room with my morning voice. Hello, Bevan. Am I saying that correct, Bevan? Welcome, welcome to membership. Have a bowl of Fruit Loops. Good afternoon. Actually, it's early morning here, but it doesn't matter because we're in video land where there's no morning and no evening, and most of the people watch on replay. It's all right. Okay. What can I tell you? I can tell you my client said that he didn't do it. You know, even the most deranged serial killers and mass murderers, when they're arrested, their woman says, I had no idea. His wife said that until they showed him, showed her pictures, but they, a lot of them stand by their man, not Von Hurman's wife. Man, that didn't happen at all. Man, she was, boom, she was gone. Here's some pictures of the house, of the Gildo Beach house. Again, this is Max Hurman is the what do you call it the the main suspect the person of interest the person that's been charged with these three three of the gill go beach murders but um you know as you get older your hearing changes and there's a little high sound that you can't hear when you get older supposedly and a lot of us instead of hearing gill go are hearing gildo all right and my deep voice in my texas accent i hear the word and i say the word gildo i'm rolling with it here's his house okay now i want you to judge this all right women i'm not trying to be sexist or anything i tell you your neighbors are crazy these are your some of your neighbors now look at this and i'm not i don't think that the police department came in there and uh this almost looks like a hoarding situation let's just check this out it wasn't clean before that's all i'm saying all right now bullshit come on now the police did this to you the police went and took all of my paint cans and put them in one box Puzz 3Ds that have never been. Come on. Bullshit. They rumbled through my garb. This is a, a hoarding situation here. Come on. Oh, my. Now, I believe they did cut out the side of her bathtub. Never thought of hiding anything there. Inside the Gildo murder house. I'm surprised they didn't take everything up. I'm surprised that that treadmill wasn't used. 
You guys see anything? The police, the police did that. Come on. You guys want to see that again? Why not? The police did that. Good. Good. Because I've, I have been talking about Cooper lately or it was, I think it was yesterday. I had a question, a perfect question for him. I'm like, man, he's just not here anymore. I wish he was here. And then he showed up and it freaked me out. I'm like, did I will this in existence? Nope. It was Bevan Elsenberg. I hope I'm saying that correctly. The wife is always the last to know, poor woman. Must be so messed up in her mind putting things together. She thought we're suspicious. Yes, I agree. I saw on TV last night they tore up her house. How much of did how much of it was what they did and and the stuff that was in her house already? I'm thinking that maybe her house wasn't the tidiest before. I'm just thinking. Wow, that is hoarding. I think so. I think there was some hoarding involved. Uh and I'm on that woman's side. I think what happened to her is horrible. Horrible horrible yeah it's a mix of a messy house and them tearing it up and i don't think she i mean i can't remember her name i want to say her name i don't want to say the wife the wife the wife and i bet i I think it's uh elsenberg you don't need that puzz 3d honey just let it go all right that old box of spray paint you guys aren't into paint, and I saw your house. Just throw it away, all right? We'll get a U-Haul. We'll pack up all your shit, and we'll throw it away. We'll make one trip. I think um, they were talking about, how the heck did you find any evidence in that disaster? Everything looks suspicious. And you're thinking, you know, let's just take everything into the U-Haul and take every damn thing, you know? I'm wanting to talk to somebody or hear from one of the, um, I don't want to call them sex workers, but apparently he brought some young ladies to his house when his wife was away. I want to talk to one of them. What did his house look like? What did you go? Yeah. What did you see? No, the police did not do that. His wife also used food stamps to buy food. No, the police didn't do that. His wife also used food stamps to buy food. All right, so yes, his his wife did use food stamps to buy food from what I heard. How the hell? All right, um, I'm trying to think. Do we have any New Yorkers here? Uh, I used to know some uh, people that lived on Long Island. So use food stamps to buy food. So he's a major architect. And I know, I realize you own the business, people think you have money, right? But that's not the case because the money from the business keeps the business going and you don't get that money. So sometimes even the uh, owner is the last one to make money. But, and I also know that if you're not really married, this is something some people do sometimes. Are they really married? Are they common law? Is there some kind of separation between their finest? The answer is, they are really married because she really filed for divorce. So how 
Where did the story about her using food stamps come from? Her baby took the morning train and went to work every day. What's the story about that? For those of you listening, I'm looking at the chat room. She had to be in a depression. She didn't even know she was in. He's an architect, right? Should be fairly well off. Food stamps, wow, that's what I'm saying, Debbie Joe. The bathtub was cut open. She was a mess. I did feel sorry. The bathtub was cut open. Holy schmoly. The side of it was, but it was a cheap bathtub. It was a pl- one of the plastic ones. You know, if somebody did something like that to me, I don't even think it would work right. Hoarding is a mental illness. Wonder who, who's, and did the kids not live there too? The kids live there too. I'm sorry, I don't believe the wife didn't know you had to feel the evil coming off him. Hi, Sky Purple. Good morning. Well, she definitely knew he was an asshole. You know, how many of you guys have been married to an asshole? I have been. Not my current wife, by any means. She's fantastic. But how many people know they're married to a murderer? All right. What more do I have here? I showed you the pictures. Um... Phone number is 325-261-0892. How many of you guys have been married to assholes? I want to hear about it. 325-261-0892. How many of you have been married to somebody that's involved in crime that you didn't know about until you knew about it? I believe in it. I believe that could happen. wonder if he actually stayed there. He stayed there every night. Except for the nights that she went away somewhere. How old are their kids? Kids hear all the whispers. How have they managed? Well, that's a good question, Debbie Joe, and I got an answer for you. Their kids are actually adult now in their 30s. So, yeah. 62 years old as of August 9th. Never been married, still looking. Hey, fellas. We got an eligible bachelorette right here. You like waking up early in the morning, having a cup of coffee, and listening to true crime? I got the gal for you. All right. Did you know? This is from Louisville, Kentucky. There is a hospital that uh, when you're getting discharged, they dump your body into the street. Disturbing scenes on our streets, triggering calls to the wave troubleshooters, alleging patient dumping by local hospitals. Two different $2 million plus patient dumping jury verdicts recently in Kentucky caught our eye. But what really got our attention was where calls to our newsroom led us when we began following up on the complaints. This story begins December 1st at 5 p.m. with a phone call to our newsroom from a horrified University Hospital employee claiming security had just wheeled a woman all the way out to the corner of Hancock and Ali, just off hospital property, dumped the elderly woman out of the wheelchair on the sidewalk and left. Minutes later, we shot video of her, still in a soiled hospital gown and slippers, breathing hard under a blanket placed over. Are you guys seeing this? You heard about it before. Can you believe this? This is happening in, uh, where is it happening? I want to say Kentucky again. Yeah, Louisville, Kentucky is where it's coming from. How many hospitals are doing this around? How many? 
What is the deal with this? Over her in 36 degree weather. Her stuff in a bag. 36 degree weather. What would you, her pants, is that her pants down around her ankles? I believe so. What would you do if you saw this? What would you do if you saw this? Still in a soiled hospital gown and slippers, breathing hard under a blanket placed over her in 36-degree weather, her stuff in a bag next to her. The employee claimed she sees this a lot. So I started watching, and on December 16th at 7 p.m., 35 degrees outside, I record three security guards surrounding an elderly woman with a walker, slowly escorting her out of the emergency room. She can't move fast. It takes several minutes to make it all the way to the same corner of Hancock and Ali. After they have her across the street, off the hospital property, the security guards turn around and go back. When they clear, I catch up to her, and she says she can't breathe. They told me that I couldn't stay on the premises. Were you in there as a patient? Well, I needed to be a patient because I... You know what I would have done? I would have went to those security guards, and the security guards are not policemen. Hey! Hey, what the hell are you doing? Why did you let that woman go? I might call the police right there. I'm a troublemaker. I'm a rebel. I'm, I'm, I'm sick. What's what's wrong with you? I've got COPD. I got diabetes. So they wouldn't even treat you. The doctor talked to me for one minute. And they told you what? Obamacare's worked wonders for me. What reason did he give you? But he didn't give me a reason. She tells me she's homeless. I'm in pain. I was in a car crash and it completely shattered my hip and pelvis. Right here, I got like. 30-something Matthew Haber and his mother claim a similar story. They met us in front of Wayside Mission in the spot where they say he was dumped in October. Anywhere. And they said, well, we can't find a rehab right now. Linda Haber said when Norton Hospital told her they had a room lined up for Matthew at Wayside, she checked it out. I called Wayside Christian Mission and just to confirm, and they said, no, they said, we, we can't do that. We can't. You know, they have beds and they help them find jobs and stuff, but we don't take medically needy people. We don't do that. And then she says she had a conference call with the hospital staff. The social worker said, we're going to take him to a, a shelter. And I said, which one? And they said, uh, Wayside Christian Mission. And I, I said, well, I know that's not true because I called them and they don't take him. And then the lady said, uh, the social worker said, well, that's history. Let's think of something else. Hopper says the next day, her son was unloaded from a transport vehicle on the curb in the rain on Jackson Street in front of Wayside. I thought, they've dumped my, my garbage I have to put out to the curb. That's how I, they dumped my son, like garbage. Linda Hopper said she was in no shape to care for him at home. And she died after this interview. They put all their stuff on the sidewalk over there. They dump them off over here on the sidewalk and get back in that vehicle and get out here just as fast as they can. Wayside staffer Perry Lane helped Matthew out of the rain and says he witnesses the same kind of thing dozens of times per year from hospitals as far away as eastern Kentucky. He says they're often lied to about the medical treatment they'll receive at the shelter. What's the worst physical shape you've seen somebody in who was dumped? This guy here was pretty bad. Paralyzed. People that can't walk that are totally relied on, on a wheelchair. 
Take them out, put them in the wheelchair, throw all their stuff on the and take off. Wayside's Chief Operating Officer Nina Mosley tells me it's not uncommon. She says they're not trained medically, and sometimes they take patients right back to the hospitals. How can you dump people? These are human beings. How can you just dump them and leave them? M-O-N-E-Y, and that is their procedure, or there isn't a procedure in place. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's unhuman, man. We detail these incidents with dates and times to both Norton and University Hospitals. Norton Healthcare... They, they left her there to die. Senior Vice President Renee Murphy responded in an email that says, in order to safeguard the privacy... In order to safeguard the privacy of patients and in compliance with HIPAA, we are not permitted to discuss specifics regarding a patient's care. With that being said, there are several details to this case that may have not been communicated. In other words, yeah, I'm the chief marketing officer, senior vice president. Yeah, fuck off. That's what he said. That's what he gave you. You ask him, how's this happening in your facility? Man, I have money. I have a good job. Just fuck off. Of patients and in compliance with HIPAA, we are not permitted to discuss specifics regarding a patient's case. There are several details to this case that may not have been communicated to you by the family. As Mr. Hopper has not signed a HIPAA release of information form, we will not be able to share those details with you. University Hospital Public Relations Director David MacArthur. All right, let me uh, tell you what he's really saying here. Replied, they appear to. They appear to be working on behalf of UofL Hospital. Unfortunately, the images that were provided by Wave do not reveal enough information to track down additional detail. We can't verify that what you're saying is actually true. Plausible deniability. To be working on behalf of UofL Hospital, unfortunately, the images that were provided by Wave... You're the only hospital within 15 miles, you jackass. We saw your people... Dump a lady on the street to die. Do not reveal enough information to track down additional details or identify whether the individuals on either day. Bullshit, David MacArthur. U of L Health. Bullshit. You know, does it even matter? Does it matter? Because you know why that happens. I'll tell you why it happens. And your body would get dumped in the street, too. If you don't have anybody supporting you, the reason why these people are in the place they're in, regardless of why, but the reason is because they don't have any kind of family support, zero. These people are 100% on your own. And if you're a human and you don't have support from other individuals, it's like a brick in a wall. One brick will fall and be tossed and thrown in the garbage. A wall won't be. They don't have a wall. All they have is themselves. They have nobody to support them. They can't afford a lawyer, any kind of representation. This is why. He can do whatever he wants, and he knows it. And I'll tell you what, the people reporting on this, they're not going to give any legal representation for the person being dumped on the streets. They have the rights they can pay for, the rights that you can afford to have upheld. Air from any of our team. What is heartbreaking for UofL Health staff is that we often encounter situations where patients need assistance beyond medical care. As the community's safety net hospital, the challenges are particularly even more acute when providing health care to the unhoused population of Metro Louisville. Community resources are limited, and even when they are available, many individuals that may benefit from those resources... In other, way, in other words, he said, yes, we did do it. Here's why. 
still refuse assistance. The Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act, known as EMTALA, was passed in 1986 as a federal anti-dumping law. It mandates patients who present to a hospital emergency department must undergo an appropriate medical screening examination by a physician to determine whether they have an emergency medical condition. If they do, they must be stabilized and treated, and an appropriate transfer may take place to another facility with adequate capabilities. Juries take the hospital's obligations to treat emergency patients very, very seriously. Attorney Hans Poppy knows that firsthand. He won a $2.3 million patient dumping verdict, most of that in punitive damages, after his client, who was coming to a Lexington hospital by ambulance with a cardiac emergency, was turned away and directed to another hospital. Juries don't like to punish hospitals. There aren't many verdicts in Kentucky history favoring plaintiffs in alleged patient dumping cases, but this one is interesting. A $1.5 million verdict awarded in Fayette County to a difficult patient with a history of ER visits, dumped by a hospital, rolled outside in a wheelchair with taxi fare, and hours later, the man was dead of an untreated ulcer. After being reversed on appeal, another jury socked the hospital for $1.45 million. But what that tells us is if a jury hears a case and they believe that there has been an EMTALA violation where a patient has been dumped or abandoned by the hospital... They really get upset. Dude, like I'm worthless, man. We're throwaway. We're garbage, you know? Now, I was contacted this week by a police officer who worked off-duty at University Hospital who says she emailed UofL Health CEO Tom Miller on March 1st about this issue and what she was witnessing, and she says she was then informed she would no longer be working there. I asked UofL about that. They say the officer was concerned about the same things they are, and they're collaborating to increase community resources for the at-risk populations. As for being let go after her email, UofL would only say that she was employed by a third-party security service. It was a coincidence. All right, I'm going to the chat room to see what you guys have to say about this. If you really care, the phone number is 325-261-0892. Taking the call, if you want to tell me what you think about patients being dumped out in the middle of the side of the road on the sidewalk to die. This is a report we have coming out of Kentucky. Kentucky. And it's obvious why it's happening. The people have no place to go after they're let out of the hospital. And the hospital is hemorrhaging money. This is a state of our economy, too. This is the truth. We have people dying, literally dying on the side of the road, being dumped. But everything's fine. Nothing to see here, people. What did I miss in the chat room? Uh, Another thing that we're going over today is if you've ever been married, we're talking about Rex Hurman, the Gildo Beach murderer, and his wife finding out that he was murdering people and the toll it's had on her and her family. Police ransacked her hoarded house. Her boxes won't stand up on each other anymore. She's greatly distraught. There's a GoFundMe, um, I hear, and good for her. This is horrible. Would you have known if your husband was a serial killer, do you think there would have been signs? Would you like to talk about that? 325-261-0892. Were you ever married to an asshole? I'm willing to hear about it. Here's what the chat room has to say about it. Oh, Debbie. Debbie Joe says, my a-hole was an attorney. He stole $35,000 from me, sold my cowboy limo by signing my name. 
settled a case for me and took all the proceeds. He's history from a fatal heart attack. Karma? Thank you, Debbie Jillis. A chilling story. But it had a happy ending, I see. Dadi. Hello, Dadi. I think you popped in and popped out, but what did you say? Guess you're such a flog, much loved one. Watch out, ladies. He has been beyond the map of Tassie. This sounds Scottish to me. I'm not sure. All right. I hope they... Pirate Radio. Good morning, Pirate Radio. I hope they throw me in a meat grinder and feed me to the community. Oh, my word. Ooh. Oh, my God. Lord, have mercy. And I thought our health care is crap. Well, but is it is, but wow, that is criminal unreal. In uh, Louisville, in Kentucky, they're throwing people onto the side of the road. They can't find a place for them after they leave. Although, what are they supposed to do with the people that don't have a home? If you guys are watching now, I'd really appreciate if you could hit that thumbs up. I mean, sometimes it, you just need to be reminded. I understand that. I'd really appreciate it. I had already ended the relationship, of course, but he's only 46 when he bought the farm in his shower one morning. Shocker. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Hello. Good morning, Kelly B. Kelly B. She says, sad and disgusting behavior. Absolutely. And you know what? The stories I got coming up are even more depraved. Were you married to a complete jackass? You know... The reason why this came up is because we're talking about the Rex Herman murderer, the Gildo Beach murderer, you know, which he's innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. The court of YouTube, maybe, and on the radio, maybe not so much. Maybe we can just talk about this guy. Maybe we can do that. You know, he's a public figure. If they sue me for defamation, there's uh, insurance for that. Uh, Let's see. Pirate radio. So, people are saying, I would know... If my husband was a serial murderer and I said, well, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are married to complete jackasses. You know, how do you know if he's just a jackass or he's a serial murderer? You know, it's not that they refuse assistance is, is that the assistance is awful. And the social workers made that blatantly obvious. The whole system is sick and broken. Paula Moore, well, thank you. I did have a shock and felt so bad for his family. He was so different than them. They were sweet and innocent. People have messy closets in more ways than horsing. If I worked there, I would end up bringing these folks home to see how I can help in any way to get them back on their feet. Oh, I don't know. That's pretty rough. Bringing homeless people into your house. You can do a lot of things, but once you bring them into your house... It's kind of dangerous. The man was and is a bully. His wife was probably scared to death of him. Good point, Adam. Adam, stand by the jams. I'm a retired RN, and sadly, there was a time we discharged homeless patients to under a local bridge. I think under a local bridge is better than dumping them on the side of the road and putting a towel over their heads. 
Can you imagine if you're in a position in your life and maybe you're going to be in that position in the future and you don't know it yet that the only comfort and the shelter that you're going to have is the towel that's over your head as you lay on the sidewalk. It, things don't get lower than that. And when you're an executive and you're in the position of not caring, well, at least it's not you. I'm surely that's what they, what some of them think. Stephanie King says they had no clue. Paula Moore says, I don't think she knew either. Uh, Dragonfly says, I don't think she knew. I agree. It even goes on in the UK. All right. Let's continue here with our stories. Long Island prosecutors. Now, this one shocked. This one shocked me, guys. All right, I'm going I'm to show you. I'm just, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. All right, this one shot me, Dan Abrams, and I don't knew, know who the hell this guy is, really. I don't. Don't care. He doesn't have the finesse. Not, damn it, I missed Banfield. Where's Ashley Banfield? The hell is Ashley Banfield? Brian Enton is holding down the fort for her. I do not think she's been fired. He has the charisma of a freaking moldy potato. We miss Ashley. All right, now we know it's a tabloid show. It's not the best new show out there, but it's somewhere between a tabloid and some some a tabloid radio TV show like Current Affair or a, a not like TMZ, but it's somewhere between there and an actual YouTube show because they take a lot of their stuff from the way things are done here on YouTube, if you haven't noticed. But Brian just can't pull it off, man, because he keeps on dissing the community that watches him. All right, now, here is the headline on this from Dan Abrams. It is on News Nation, though. I do like uh, dealing with uh, News Nation clips because they don't mind you playing their clips. They encourage it. This is an attorney's statement by suspected Gilgo Beach wife killer is tone deaf. This is what Abrams is saying here. Long Island prosecutors handing over a massive amount of evidence in the case of suspected serial killer Rex Heuerman, charged in connection to the long unsolved Gilgo Beach murders. He appeared in a Suffolk County, New York courtroom today. Prosecutors say they turned over hard drives to the defense, as well as about 2,500 pages of documents and photographs, including autopsy reports, DNA, and about 100 hours of surveillance footage from the defendant's home. This is a 13-year case, so as you saw, uh, we have a, a, a great uh, deal of, of um, information, evidence, photographs, reports to provide uh, to the defense counsel. We've, we've begun that process. I think it was uh, eight gigabytes of, of material, which is a, a tremendous amount. Uh, and that's just the beginning. We're going to continue to do that on a rolling basis. Hewerman, who's a Manhattan architect, married father of two, charged with three counts of first-degree murder, three counts of second-degree murder. His attorney saying his client stands by his innocence. There's no plea deal. He said from the moment I met him that I did not do this. So we're prepared to go forward. We will defend this case in a court of law, and we will go to trial in this case. Well, there's probably no plea deal because the prosecutors aren't going to offer a plea deal. Put aside whatever the defense wants. But meanwhile, Hewerman's uh, estranged wife speaking out, Asa Ellerup, saying she was blindsided by her husband's arrest. Most believe her. Telling the New York Post the case has had an emotional toll on her children. They cry themselves to sleep. I mean, they're not children. They're grown adults, but they're my children, and my son has developmental disabilities. He cried himself to sleep. 
She added that their Massapequa Park home was turned upside down during the police search of the property. One photo showing a piece of the bathtub cut out and a chunk of the tile on the floor missing. Others showing boxes piled up. She says the damage was so bad she doesn't even have a bed to sleep in. But joining me now, Robert Shaw, criminal defense lawyer. Man, to say that, to say that her what she said is tone deaf. Man, of all the low things to say, I don't agree with that. I think she's in the stage of being shocked and all. She goes on her front porch because it's the cleanest part of her house, quite frankly. And they're asking her questions, and she says like three things. They take it, manipulate it, trying to make five headlines out of it. She doesn't even know what the hell's going on yet, hasn't had time to process it. And they have the tenacity to say her statement is tone deaf, and they just did it. You know, they just did it for views. Blair previously served as a former assistant DA for Nassau County. Robert, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Isn't it to be expected that in this sort of case, sadly and unfortunately, the house just gets turned upside down? Yeah, I mean, they used a backhoe in the backyard. They, I have no idea how those dead hookers got in my trunk. I'm innocent, completely, 100%. Now, I don't know. Um, this is what Paula didn't say that. Paula said, uh, what a sicko. He has no idea how those bodies got in his yard. I haven't heard that they actually have found bodies' bodies yet. The backyard was all dug up, so they can't even sit there for peace. True, it was all dug up. You know, so we're talking about what the Gilgo Beach murder did. And if you were, how did his wife not know? How did his wife not know? We, I said, a lot of you agreed with me. Well, I could see how somebody wouldn't know. BTK's wife reportedly didn't know. Uh, I believe that she didn't know. Um, but, you know, a lot of us have been married to jackasses in our lifetime, you know, someone who's really evil and jackass manipulative and narcissist you know you can hell half half of the america is married to these jackasses i'm sure that doesn't happen in the uk that doesn't mean they're murderers but how many of these jackasses have honey you know um i realize i don't paint the house and i realize it's a while since we've had this thing roofed and you know I mow the yard once every three weeks, but baby, I, I, I think we need to have an underground storage facility in our backyard. Then you might be married to a murderer. I want to, you know what? I'm going to spend an extra 10 grand to make sure it's soundproof, but all right, you can get some food stamps and buy your spam. I'll catch a pizza at the office. We're digging up his backyard. They were, they found 220 guns in his basement in a vault type area. Uh, it's completely normal because they're allowed to open walls and look inside, go in your attic, dig up your floors, dig up your, your bathtub. So this is to be expected, unfortunately, in the case of this. Yeah, because, you know, I have sympathy to some degree for the, for the wife here who no one seems to believe uh, knew anything about this. Awesome. Paula Lamore says they found three bodies in the backyard. What? Well, they did find three. Oh, you're saying Gilgo Beach in the Gilgo Beach. Okay. You're not saying in his actual backyard. But it sounds like you're saying in his actual backyard. And if that's true, wow, I haven't heard that. And I believe you. I'm going to check that out, though. Hello, TD McCoy. Dragonfly says this. My dad used to be gone for gone for army things for months went home went fishing for hours he could have done a lot 
without any of us knowing. But he was actually fishing, no dead people. And yet, when she starts complaining about the way that they're going about doing the investigation, the way they're going about tearing up the house, you would think that she would understand, considering the magnitude of the case. Yeah, I mean, it just it's tone deaf, in my opinion. You don't go to the press and complain when there are three murders that your husband's accused of doing, a fourth that he's the lead suspect in, and other unsolved murders, and you have grieving families who've been waiting a decade in court. It just, you know, just stay away from the press. And the- All right, I'm going to pause this real quick because we it's kind of breaking news, something we've been talking about, because things are manipulated by the press. And uh, I think, who was I talking with from the U.K.? And I think I might have ran him off because I talked about Ashley Banfield. Adam, stand by the jams. All right. So the way news works here, and it does not work there in the UK quite that way. And that is they conflate things and they misrepresent things. So they were saying that she was using food stamps and shopping when she was Someone from the uh, chat room just told me that it was actually food stamps for her son who has is an adult and he has disabilities. So those were his and she was shopping for him. Okay, that makes sense. All right, but uh, here in the media, they represent things in a way that will make people watch their show so they can sell advertisements so they can keep the business going. And that's what they're doing. That's when we talk about these things. And um, somebody told me also that they found three bodies in the backyard. I'm not sure if they actually meant in the physical backyard or just in Gilgo Beach. Case like this, try it in the courtroom, focus on the defense. That's the best piece of advice you can ever give any family or client that you represent in a case like this. And real quick, you agree with me that the reason that there's not going to be a plea deal here is because prosecutors won't offer it, right? Yeah, he's facing three consecutive life sentences for three different murders. Even if they offered him one, he wouldn't take it. What lawyer would let his client ever take a life sentence when they have 10 years of discovery to get through and could attempt as best? All right. Dragonfly, are you sure your father was just fishing? Because Paula Moore says she knows two friends that found out they had a sister from 23 and me. All right, Dragonfly, what's the tea? Maybe you should... uh. Spill the tea here. Maybe you should join 23andMe and see what's up. As as they could yeah. to jam the case up, appeal it, give them some semblance of an opportunity to get out. Well, I don't think that. We'll see. Anyway, Robert Schalk, thank you. Ashley Banfield starts now. Thank you for watching. Bull crap. She did not start. She's somewhere else. All right. But there is some new news, and that is sort of news i'm not going to play this from good morning america whatever it is but they they say there's no link between the gildo beach murder suspect rich Hurman's atlantic city slangs or the atlantic city slangs the four new jersey victims were found dead along the black horse pike in egg harbor township and were believed to be murdered by a serial killer detectives investigating the black horse pike killings I've met with Long Island authorities to compare timelines, dates, mythologies, methodologies, and concluded that there does not seem to be a connection between Atlantic City Prosecutor William, this is what William Rindles said in a statement, and they will continue to look and they will continue to search. Meanwhile, Hurman was in court. We talked about that. I think we're about to talk about this. No, I'll let you know. So I'm not playing 
there's no no cameras allowed in court and again they're only going to have the cartoon drawings of of uh, herman munster but here's what they said they said that the prosecutor said that they turned over evidence to the defense already and they said there was a ton of evidence matter of fact rex Herman's lawyer said he hasn't had a chance to go over any of it yet the only thing he has from his uh, client is that he said he's not guilty and that's probably all they've said uh, to each other so far the time in court was just for herman's next really just saying the next time he'd go in court they said they turned over a mountain of evidence, including hard drives, thousands of pages of documents and photographs, autopsy results, DNA reports, and surveillance footage from Herman's house. That's right, surveillance footage. Herman's attorney, Michael Brown, told reporters Tuesday that his client professes his innocence. And, of course, he put in a not guilty plea. Herman's wife, Elsa, Elsa, Elsrup, Elsa, Asa, ah, ah, lady, Asa, Elsa, filed for divorce after his arrest. Should her children be crying themselves to sleep? They're adults. They've still been crying themselves to sleep. That's horrible. Some pictures of the house. Come on now. Golly, look at all this stuff. Whoo. A lot of egg crates. A lot of egg crates. Police also dug up Herman's backyard during the search. Suffolk County District Attorney Ray Tierney said last week that authorities had still not ruled in or out whether any alleged victims were killed in the house hell how could they it's a friggin mess all right phone line is open 325-261-0892 do you think she would have known if your mate was a murderer do you think you would know have you ever been married to a jackass you feel that might have been a murderer All right. That's crazy, Paula. My dad was a lover on the road for sure, and mom caught him always, but always forgave him. That is love. I would be in jail. Kelly B says, I'm guessing the hoarding situation covered a lot. Uh, I agree. Throw some things out, you noggin toboggans. Oh, throw some likes out. Yes, damn it. Hey, if you're here. Give a poor, miserable son of a bitch a hand and just, just hit the like button. It's free, for God's sake. I got up so early. You don't know my problems, man. You just got to hit the like button and subscribe, for God's sakes. I hope that if I get just one like from that. Kelly, I agree. I couldn't live in such a disaster. Oh, my God. Me either, guys. Uh, you know, I, any of you people... By people, I mean dear friends. Do any of you watch Hoarders? Ah, woo! It's on Netflix, by the way. They got the latest season out. Oh, I watch Hoarders because, no, for two reasons. 
man, many reasons. No, you guys are going to make me cry this morning. Looking at hoarders, I have to have a clean environment, all right? If there's something that I don't use, seriously, that I don't use, it gets to a point where I'm going to throw it out. And um, that includes shoes, anything. Um, I look at hoarders and it makes my skin crawl. It makes me sick. It makes me nauseous. It makes me shake. It puts fear into my soul. And there, oh, just thinking about it makes me, oh. So that's why I watch it. And after I watch it, I wind up throwing things out and cleaning my already clean house. So, I mean, definitely. I don't even know what the hell I was talking about before that. All right, let's go to the next case, guys. This is uh, one I didn't hear about. So, Haley Dandoran found guilty in North Shore murder kidnapping in Hawaii. Honolulu, to be exact. I didn't even know this happened. Uh, I thought there was a video, but there's not. Okay. I didn't hear about this. So a Honolulu, a Honolulu jury found 26 year old Haley Danderan guilty in the 2017 slaying of a North shore woman in the kidnapping of the victim's eight year old daughter. Durand appeared to weep silently and wiped away tears as the verdict was read just before noon on the third day of deliberations for the trial. An extended sentencing an extended sentencing hearing was postponed until Thursday Murder in the second degree carries a life term with pot with the possibility of parole. However, an extended sentencing hearing triggered by the guilty verdict could result in the life term being changed to a definite life term of imprisonment. Dan Duran wearing a gray knit dress and with long dark brown hair threw her head back in exasperation when the hearing was announced during the trial. Dan Duran's defense had admitted she and then-boyfriend Stephen Brown burglarized a North Shore vacation rental for food, but denied her responsibility for the kidnapping and killing of 51-year-old Thelma Boyneville. Dan Duran, who was originally from Bend, Oregon, testified that her ex-boyfriend was abusive to her and caused her to fear she might be killed if she didn't do what he said. Boyneville, a 51-year-old woman from Brazil who cleaned vacation homes on the side, interrupted the burglary. December 7th, 2017, and was found in a pool of her own blood. Her arms and hands covered in deep wounds, her head with chopped wounds and countless other injuries. Prosecutors suggested the pair would have also killed her daughter, who is now 14, if not for the vacation rentals guest arrival. Brown was convicted in January of the murder and kidnappings and is awaiting sentencing on August 30th. Dan Duran was tried on charges of second-degree murder, two counts of kidnapping, second degree unauthorized entry into a motor vehicle burglary and unauthorized possession of personal confidential information or having Bonneville's credit card, which she confessed to using. She was convicted on all counts. She admitted on the witness stand that she held a machete over Boyneville while Brown went to get a rope and a bag. They knelt down to bind Boyneville's hands and feet together and tied the plastic bag over her head. But she said she was afraid she would be killed, too, if she didn't comply with orders. Uh-huh. I'm screaming bullshit. If she had a machete, if I had a machete, if someone was trying to make me do something, guess what? 
How come that doesn't happen, guys? Let's say this chain. How about this story, all right? Let me see her being tried for this. She was there. They were robbing it, all right? She had the machete over that cleaning lady's head because her boyfriend is making her do it. How about she takes the machete and turns on the boyfriend and she's being tried for uh, attacking him instead of the cleaning lady, all right? Why am I not hearing that? Because this is bullshit, that's why. And apparently the uh, jury felt the same way because she is convicted. You play a dumbass game, you get a dumbass prize. Now, one of the things we go over a lot is... I'm going to go ahead and play this one, too, here in a minute. Did you you guys hear about the Japanese man whose life goal was to be a dog? And he made that come true. What? Yes, he did. But before we go into that, one of the things we look at here is, and I told you guys how bad the economy really is internationally and how they're lying about it and covering it up. It's almost like, what if there was a Great Depression, but it wasn't reported and talked about in the news at all? And the news played it up. Matter of fact, they profited in it in the way they built it up to the point and had fear pumped into everybody from the media with propaganda about it just so they would sell. And, I mean, they had, guys, I'm a, I'm a, I study the history of radio and the history of media. So they did everything they could to make money during the Great Depression by having radio shows telling women how to make simple, cheap recipes of food, uh, telling rich people who used to be rich how to how to stretch their money out now they didn't have to do before. Uh, and they had Hollywood made a lot of movie money at the time. But what if all that was going on, but they didn't talk about it at all? Oh, like nothing's happening. Don't look over here. Let's look at the alien. There's aliens. Look, there's aliens. What do they didn't talk about at all? Well, you're still going to see things happen. You're going to see an increase in murder suicides. You're going to see, wow, I don't know. Go ahead and look at banks going under. See how there's only like two major banks now. What? Yeah. 401ks are crashing. Big companies are ending, ceasing their operations. You're going to see major things like that. You're going to see CNN shutting down half their operations already happening. You're going to see ESPN shutting down their operations already happen. You're going to see these things. You're going to see a lot of murder, suicides from people that lost their money, both men and women. You're going to see a lot of these things. You're going to see people being dumped in the streets because the hospital has to make their money some way after the way the government's been imposing on them with this CVID this uh, public health BS that they've had to endure, you're going to see signs, and some of these signs we're going over. I told you guys it would happen, and then it happens. New Jersey mom of two and dog shot dead by ex-husband in shocking murder-suicide. I'm not saying this one had anything to do with the company, but I'm saying, oh, it's shocking. I'm going to read this to you. 
A Jersey Shore man fatally shot his ex-wife in the face and killed her dog before turning the gun on himself. Mother of two, Kimberly Hoffman, 49, called 911 about 5 a.m. Saturday to report that someone was trying to break into her apartment in Little Egg Harbor. Responding officers made forced entry into the apartment where they located the deceased body of Miss Hoffman with an apparent gunshot wound to the face. The officers then located the bullet riddled body of her dog as well as that of her ex-husband carl schultz jr who was still conscious the gunman also the leg harbor was transported to atlanta care regional medical center in atlanta city where he later died if he answered any questions the investigator revealed that Schultz shot Miss Hoffman and the dog before turning the gun on himself. It was not immediately clear if the tattooed killer was the father of Hoffman's two sons, whose ages were not revealed. Just last week, Schultz updated his Facebook profile picture with an evil-looking Incredible Hulk. Hoffman was the director of admissions at Seacrest Rehabilitation Center and Healthcare Center and Nursing Home in Little Lake Harbor. Kim was a remarkable person who touched the lives of many with her kindness, compassion, and infectious smile. She had a heart of gold and was always there to lend helping hand to those in need. As a dedicated mother, she poured her love into her two children, making sure they felt safe, loved, and cherished every day. Kim's life was tragically cut short, leaving behind her children, who now face the future without their beloved mother. The pain of her loss is immeasurable. And we are all devastated by the senseless act of violence. Our hearts ache for the children, and we want to do everything we can to ease their burden at this difficult time. There's a picture of the dog. He's a pretty dog. He was. All right, let's look at the comments, as we often do, by Dubba Dubba. Earlier generations weren't so quick to pull the trigger, even though the number of guns per capita were higher. Husbands simply said they were going out for a pack of cigarettes or a carton of milk and never came back. Abandonment, for sure, but not murder. Now, with all the legal niceties of divorce, even separated divorce couples are kept in a pressure cooker and can't escape, ultimately producing mayhem like this sad for the two kids. Reality Check says this. Too many men are violent. They cannot manage their emotions appropriately. We read stories like this every single day. There is a problem that we aren't talking about. She didn't deserve to be shot in the face and die. I feel bad for two sons. No mom just proves there's lots of mentally ill people only getting worse. So sad. My condolences to the family. You know, I'm trying to choose my words here because I don't want to say I'm interested in. I find it fascinating. That's more of a word. I find it fascinating that you live your whole life. A person lives their whole whole life. And then they become a murderer. And every time I see a murderer, mostly, there are exceptions, but... I'd say 95, 97.8% of the time it's due to a lack of caring of others and uh, putting yourself as number one. And that includes suicide. 
All right. There's. Uh, all right. Let me talk about that Japanese man. All right. Who decided to become a dog. How many of you guys heard about this? All right. Before I show you the video. And I will. Let me check with you guys. All right. What did I miss in the chat room? I think he's obsessed with the number four Gilgo four and bought four lots next to each other in South Carolina OCD. Huh. Dragonfly, I loaded up a U-Haul and the kids from Texas hit I-10 until I hit the beach, Jacksonville Beach. That was 20 years ago. His friends helped me load the truck. Phone line's open, 325-261-0892. If you ever had to part ways from your spouse, it was a complete a-hole. I want to hear about it. That's the topic this morning. I'm not Scottish. I'm an Aussie. You're my favorite American radio since Art Bell. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. That's awesome, Paula. That takes guts and strength. God bless you. Wow, that is cold. Yeah, right? Guilty. Have you guys watched Hoarders? That is the biggest damn horror show I've ever heard. And you just want to bang your head against the wall when the people don't want to clean it up. It's like, lady, you're hoarding old milk crates and boxes of rags all right this isn't gold it isn't and they don't want to let go of it it's like look you're you're free space to walk around look we can fix your toilet lady you don't have to use a buck you're hoarding cat turds all right in coffee cans we can clean this up i don't understand how hoarders use their bathroom kitchens etc amazes me how some walk out in a three-piece suit, not looking like their living environment. That's true. And some of them don't use their bathroom. Some of them do. They separated since she said someone was breaking in. Dogman new to me. Okay. Dogman new to you. Let's talk about the dogman. This is some crazy stuff. A Japanese native has transformed himself into a canine after looking... After forking out more than $14,000 for a custom-made collie costume... The private citizen who goes by Toko online says the unusual garment has helped actualize his dream of becoming an animal. Footage shared to Toko's YouTube channel where he boasts more than 32,000 subscribers shows him clad in the costume as he frolics on a lawn, rolls on a floor, and plays fetch. Toko has even uploaded a video of himself venturing out in public as a dog for the very first time time all right here's him in his suit can you guys see you do there it is what do you think Mm-hmm. not very remarkable becomes more remarkable when you look at the video let's check out this video guys
You look at his back legs, and you're like, hmm. Toko. I wonder if he like lifts, tries to lift his leg up and pee. What kind of fetish is this? Why don't people have normal fetishes? Like I have a fetish of cleaning up my house nicely. I don't go too crazy like OCD or anything, but it's nice and it smells fresh. Or how about I have a fetish where I go out to work every day, make a. Li- I guess a lot of people have that fetish. <laughs> All right, let's see if I have anything more on this. Um, I think I do, actually. There's a video of when he went out in public, but it's not here. This is him, and it was a... um, They were doing a short documentary, I think, from Sweden, maybe, or Germany. Germany? Yeah, it was Germany. Took him out into the public and interacting uh, with the people in Japan, some of them thought he was real. Some of the dogs thought he was real, and they ran away because he was so big. Look, he is big. I mean, probably not a big Japanese man, but when you put the suit on, you squat like that. The things people do. All right. Let's check this out like to look at the comment section the movie dodgeball made in 2004 there was a character named steve the pirate it was considered funny that a person can just choose to live his life as a pirate in less than 20 years this is no longer funny it's real life people can choose to be animals choose their gender choose not to have a gender toko says he hides his human identity because he doesn't want to be judged by people he knows no, he doesn't want to be institutionalized. Spending 22000 on that get-up proved he's certifiable. That's what Sherry says. Greg says, it is my imagination, or are people getting weirder? Makes me long for my childhood days in the 1980s, where my dad thought the neighborhood girl with pink hair was a weirdo. I wonder what will be considered normal in 20, 2033. I'm going to read one more comment. These are too good. That is a collie costume, not a border collie. People always like to be sticklers. He went to a lot of trouble to be able to eat milk bones without guilt and relieve himself outside in public without being arrested. And I think I'll leave it with that comment. And we'll go to another murder-suicide Henry County father's son dead after apparent murder-suicide, authorities say. We're told the incident happened on July 30th at a residence in Axton, Axton, Virginia. The Henry County Sheriff's Office is investigating after they said a son stabbed his father to death then took his own life. It up since more than now 20... Not real. On July 30th, around 5.14 p.m., in Martinsville, Henry County, 911 Center received a call from a location accident about multiple deceased individuals. 
Once authorities arrived at the residence in the 200 block of Sharon Drive, they said they found two men dead. Preliminary investigation indicates that the two got into altercation, and then Luke stabbed his father, Roger, multiple times before getting a firearm and taking his own life. It's horrible. Both men have been transported to the Office of the Medical Examination for an autopsy. Fellow hunters remember Eric Newman slain in boat boat ramp murder, suicide, boat ramp murder, suicide. What? When Eric Newman woke up on the morning of July 26, he couldn't have imagined the tragedy that awaited him. Instead, he was probably thinking about what he loved best, spending time outdoors with his kids. He had a fishing trip planned with his family on Lake Cuscansa, Cuscansa in northwest Montana. And the 40-year-old Oregon man was likely wondering about the best ways to get his kids hooked on some walleye. As a father, he wanted to bring his kids with him everywhere he could. And it's not easy to do to pack up your rig and bring all three kids with you wherever you go. That's what Michael Casey said, one of Newman's best friends. But after spending a day on the water with his family, Newman got caught up in an incident. Officials are still trying to piece together. He was attempting to take his rented boat out of the water when he got into a verbal dispute with 51-year-old Christopher Foster. According to the sheriff's office, boat ramp disputes are nothing new, but most don't end in homicide. Newman got back into his vehicle to back down the boat ramp when Foster pulled a handgun and shot Newman, killing him. Newman's wife, his two other kids, his sister-in-law and her two kids were all on the ramp to witness the murder. Foster went back to his car and was found later that day with an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. The sheriff's office characterized the incident as homicide and apparent suicide. It's still unclear what exactly motivated Foster's violence, but one thing is certain. His actions left a wife without a husband, three kids without a father, and the Oregon hunting and conservation community without one of their most beloved members. Everybody says he was a hell of a guy. And the rest of this talks about how wonderful he was and how there's a GoFundMe. It it is something how you're there and everybody's there for fun you're there to you're there to fish with your family both of these guys what the hell could be so bad that you're going to kill somebody and take your own life but really whenever you murder somebody that's what you're doing you're not just taking their life you're also taking your own can you imagine that's the mental illness that's the block that's not being able to see into the future you know who can make you so mad? It's like, I'm going to end your life and take away mine too. I'm so mad at you. I'm going to end every, I'm going to end life as we know it. How insane is that? I'm telling you, things out there are crazy. Your neighbors are nuts. You need to realize that there's real danger everywhere lurking around every corner. There really is. Uh, 
Once I got out of the military, I noticed that people didn't realize the dangers that exist. Uh, after I got out of the military, I went to college. And when I was at college, I worked in the IT department of the college. And for the IT department, I worked in the uh, library. And in the library, behind the library, we had lockers for uh, the student workers there. And... um None of the the kids, the college kids that I worked with, would lock their lockers. They thought they were safe. I'm like, guys, you have to lock your stuff or people will steal from you. They didn't believe me. I didn't steal their stuff. I thought, I'm like, you know what? I ought to just take all their stuff and put it in a box in the corner just to teach them a lesson. But I'm like, no, it's not even worth it. These are the people that leave their cars unlocked, leave their houses unlocked. Don't invite evil in. Lock your doors. Are you married to a jackass? Nobody has time for any of that. Get get it out of your life. Get it out of your life. Check this out. Out of all the stories, this one bothers me the most. Title of this is this come from Rutgers Grave. That's the name. Prosecutor misconduct in Chandra Levy murder case ethics panel says. All right. Again, let me let me um, turn that over in the fire like a roast, like a chicken roasting. Prosecutor misconduct in the Chandra Levy murder case. What was that? Thirty uh, years ago. Why are we hearing about it now? You're going to find out. Here's the summary. D.C. Attorney Board recommends 60-day license suspension for ex-prosecutor Amanda Haynes. Haynes has denied any intentional misconduct. By the way, Amanda, 60-day license suspension. You're going to find out what she did. She's retired, doesn't even use her license, and they're going to hit her with this now. And they saved it for her retirement. A former, a former lead federal prosecutor in the 2001 Chandra Levy murder case in Washington, D.C., in D.C., should lose her law license for 60 days because of grave professional misconduct. An attorney ethics board said on Monday, the District of Columbia Board on Professional Responsibility is a 53-page report that said Amanda Haynes who has since retired from practicing law, failed to uphold her duties to timely disclose evidence to the lawyers representing the man once accused of killing the federal intern 22 years ago. Again, I'll read that. To timely disclose evidence to the lawyers representing the man once accused of killing. He wasn't charged. He wasn't prosecuted. He was once accused. But the panel also found Haynes did not knowingly fail to disclose the evidence to the prosecution of the man. The panel's determination on that point was a departure from the conclusion of a D.C. attorney ethics committee that earlier looked at U.S. attorney conduct in the case. 
Haynes, who's denied misconduct, did not respond to a request for comment. An attorney for Haynes, Sarah Fink, called her client innocent and said the dispute was not over. Henry said they were encouraged by the board's findings that Miss Haynes did not commit intentional misconduct and his decision to reduce the proposed penalty. She didn't intention. It's all about intention, guys. That's why plausible deniability is important for someone to have. The man was convicted at trial in 2010, but prosecutors in 2016 subsequently abandoned their case amid questions about the reliability of a key government witness. Prosecutors have not chained, have not charged any other person. Levy's murder. Chandra Levy murdered. It's a case that gripped the Capitol after it was revealed following Levy's disappearance in 2001 that then-California Democrat Congressman Gary Condit had an extramarital affair with Levy. The authorities cleared Condit. The board recommended dismissal, dismissal of ethics claims against another prosecutor involved in the case, Fernando Sanchez, who now works at, for the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. All right, I'm going to leave it there, but... This isn't a mainstream story swept under the rug. By the way, Chandra Levy, her family never got justice. And you can see the justice system are covering up everything. Just so you know what goes on. Just so you know. Watch, guys. There's going to be a horror story, and it's not going to be for me. There's going to be a horror story that comes out about a man in a dog's costume, and you don't find out till the end of the story that the dog is really a person. Watch. This is a murder I didn't hear about. Prosecution challenges alleged killer's alibis. Love triangle murder trial continues. I'll play this. In the Eric Thompson murder trial, the prosecution is sifting through Thompson's alibi. He testified he was dumping construction materials at the Waimanalo Convenience Center the night John Tokuhara was killed at his Waipahu clinic. Today, the dump security guard took the stand and said he's never seen Thompson before. He added the bricks Thompson says he dumped would not be allowed at the site, but also claimed he doesn't keep track of every person that comes through or inspect every load. If it's like a lot, like the one you showed me, if it's like a lot of concrete, no, but maybe like one or two pieces of like mixed rubbish. You like real? Yeah, but if it's a lot like that, no. They're going to have to go to um, the landfill or Kabak Quarry. The trial resumes Thursday morning when it's expected the prosecution and defense will proceed with... What is he accused of? All right. Because it didn't even tell us. Let's see. Ha. Huh. All right. Connecticut news anchor carried secret of her mother's murder as Vermont police investigated. 
Hello. The death of a Connecticut television news anchor's mother last winter is being investigated as a homicide. Law enforcement officials believe Claudia M. Voigt, 73, of Wyndham, died in her home from a medical event on February 20th, but later determined she died from neck compression that was detectable only during autopsy. Law enforcement officials delayed releasing the April conclusion that her death was a homicide. To protect the investigation, there has been no arrest. Voigt is the mother of NBC Connecticut news anchor Heidi Voigt. Let me get a picture of her for you. There she is, Heidi Voigt. And here's the rest of the story. Voigt is the mother of NBC Connecticut news anchor Heidi Voigt, who posted on social media that she'd been carrying a painful secret. This has broken me and changed me, but I am my mother's daughter, and I will come back stronger. I will fight for her, she wrote. I've been carrying this painful secret. My mother's death was not natural nor peaceful. My mother was murdered violently in a place she should have felt safest, her own home in Wyndham, Vermont. Claudia Voigt was stolen from this world. She was stolen from her family, from her children, and from my precious daughters who now ask me almost every day, why did grandma go to heaven? I want to thank the many dedicated law enforcement professionals, including Vermont State Police, who are working tirelessly to bring our family justice and the victim advocates holding us safely through this overwhelming process. And I want to thank my other family, NBC Connecticut, for their continued life and support i'm taking this time to be present for the many processes ongoing related to my mom's case and to make sure i'm getting the help i need to be mentally and physically okay for the long haul this has broken me and changed me but i am my mother's daughter i will come back stronger i will fight for her no comment no comments to read Uh, the final thing i want to talk about is a little bit about Lori Vallow. I'm going to go back to the chat room and see what you guys are saying. Where are Fruit Loops, Lauren and Electra? They couldn't make it this morning, apparently. Can you believe it? Maybe they didn't get the notification. How many of you guys, if you didn't get the notification, raise your hand. That was my dad. I was his son. LOL taught me how to fish and shoot handguns. Okay, they're talking about fishing. Can you imagine picking up a dog, thinking it's a stray, get it home, and then it's a man lifting up his leg in the park? No. All right. Right here. Did I even show you the picture of the Connecticut news anchor? Did it not go through? Maybe not. Heidi Voigt. All right. Check this out. It's a picture of the mug shot, the more the most recent love love shot. Love shots. Mug shot of Lori Vallow, and it is creepy, and I want to show you. I want to talk about it. I guess her nickname is Chuckle. She's always smiling, not taking responsibility for her own actions. Wow. Here's your old mugshot. We all remember that one, don't we? There she is. They called it a smirky mugshot. 
You're not wrong. There's Lori Vallow in her smirky mugshot. All right. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in today. I appreciate that. We had a good show. If you'd like to help this show continue, I believe it's something called Value for Value. If you enjoyed the show and you've received anything out of it, it's only natural to want to give that back. Hit the thumb. Hit the thumb. It's free. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. Hit that bell so you know when we're live so you can join in the conversation. This show is a conversation with you. We're going to continue. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Um, I'm not going to do a radio show after this. I don't feel like playing any music, but I will be back tomorrow morning. Tonight at 9 to 11, DJ Julianne is going to be doing her show, Third Rock Radio, and she's going to have some rock and tunes for you. I've seen her music list, and uh, well, that's a good time to tune in the radio. Until then, if you'd like to help support what we're doing, Cash App, Dollar Sign, Midnight Radio 101. All the funds go to our music license, or you can uh, do a super sticker in chat or a super thanks. Anything over $20 makes you an executive producer and under as a producer. Thank you very much. Until next time, all my best.